Welcome, everybody. I'm Rob, and this is Starfield Pulse Episode 10. And 10 is the magic number because for those of us that have early access, we're only 10 days away from being able to play Starfield. I hope you are as excited as I am. I think it's uh, crazy how we went through, I mean, the game was announced so long ago, and then we had a massive delay last year. You know, we went from the game coming out on November 11th, 2022 to getting a effective 10 month delay, pretty substantial. I do support game delays though. So, I mean, yes, it, it's not that great at the time when a game you're looking forward to gets delayed. However, we typically always get a better game for it. So I stand by their decision to delay it. And 10 days from now, we're all going to get to play it. For those of you that are asked, no, I have not got a review key. I'm one of the, uh, the unfortunate few, I guess. A lot of them have gone out. I did not get one. I have hopes that I still will get one, so it's not all doom and gloom. But uh, yeah, so I don't have one. I would tell you if I did, but uh, maybe this time next week I will, and that way I can start making a ton of content to have ready for when the embargo lifts for everybody to watch and enjoy and to help ease them in to the game if they have questions around systems and you know other things that people would typically make guides about. So anyways, we record live every Monday on Twitch at 8 p.m. Central. And frankly, I'm surprised about the amount of people that watch these on Twitch. I know I talked about this before we started recording the episode. Again, it's it's pretty amazing. So thank you for all the support. This uh, The audience is really starting to grow. I appreciate all the nice comments that people have been leaving on the episodes, whether it is on YouTube or on iTunes. I know you can't really leave a comment on Spotify, but yes, I do see that people are leaving reviews on Spotify as well. And so thanks. It looks like stacked up against most of the other podcasts in this lane. We're like number one or maybe number two. Regardless, thank you for all the support. I really appreciate it. So speaking of where you can see or listen to the show, by the way, um, I'm on all the major podcasting platforms now. It was kind of funny the first month or so. I would just have a joke and I would lead into it like, hey, make sure to listen to us on all your favorite podcasting platforms as long as those podcasting platforms are Spotify and, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts. Well, a week or two ago, I got an email from Amazon Music saying, hey, would you put your show on our platform? And I was like, uh, I'm sure this is some kind of just automated system generated email. But clearly I had passed some kind of metric that drew their attention. And I was like, well, I guess the show's doing well enough that I should put it on these other platforms. So now you can find it on all those other platforms, whether it's iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, you know, uh, there's a few other smaller ones that it's on too. So Went to put on Stitcher, found out Stitcher's closing down. Really surprised about that. I thought Stitcher was kind of like the big name in podcasting, but I guess Stitcher got bought out. Anyways, this isn't a show about Stitcher. This is a show about Starfield. Uh, and let's go on. So again, almost here, 10 days, exciting times ahead. We got a pretty good run of show. There's been quite a bit of information come out around the game. We're not going to talk about leaks, right? There are leaks out there. There is plenty of information about the game, unfortunately, that you can find out that the developers didn't intend for us to know. And during the development process, I think it's kind of fun to look at leaks and to look at potential things that are happening and to really do deep dives into the videos and try to discern all the things that we can find that they didn't necessarily mean to show us, or maybe they did and just give us stuff to pick at and build a community around. But being this close to release, I don't think it's really uh, fair to anyone to start talking about leaks that they didn't really want out there. Uh, and by that, I mean people who have received codes and are just basically dumping 
the entire narrative on 4chan, you know, that's where these things are at. They're in 4chan, they're in the different discords, they're in Reddit. So if you really want to go get the leaks, you can go to those places, but I'm not going to sit here and talk about them too much on the show. I am, however, going to talk about a leaker or somebody that had a comment on a leak and we'll talk about him in a little bit. But for right now, we got a few more things that are pretty cool that we should talk about first. So normally we start off with kind of debunking some of the really goofy uh, headlines that I get from my Google notifications that I get in the mornings. You know, I kind of go through the week, uh, go through the week, categorize them, put them in a list, say which ones we're going to talk about, which ones we're going to kind of debunk. And this week there was just so much legitimate news that we really didn't have a whole lot of those to do. So, but one of those will tie into that leaker that I was talking about earlier. So tomorrow, by the way, is Gamescom opening night. Does anybody out there have any predictions for what they think that we might see? Uh, Personally, I don't know that we're going to see anything, which isn't probably what people wanted to hear. Uh, But unfortunately, with the game being so close, I don't think they have a whole lot of room left for marketing beats. And if they're going to do something, I think they're going to do it really close to early access to start. And granted, this is, you know, like 10 days, like we said away, but I, there's the possibility that we're going to have a trailer that involves the ship that Adam Savage built. So I can't imagine that Bethesda worked with him and got him to build that starship and then not try to work that into some kind of marketing material other than like the YouTube videos that there's been. I think there's going to be something more official, whether that's a launch trailer or anything to that effect. But I don't think we're going to see that much tomorrow night. And throughout the show, you know, they're not going to have a demo. We've already talked about this a little bit. And I th- I think that it's a good thing they're not going to have a demo. I think it's okay that they're showing a curated um, piece of media at their theater to people. But they're not going to let them play the game. Because this is such a in-depth RPG that it's really hard for somebody to just like have a good vertical slice to demonstrates what the game's actually about and lets them play it in a timely fashion. Because Gamescom, if you've never been, is gigantic. There will be over a quarter of a million people at this event. That's more than the people that actually live in the town of Cologne, right? Well, not more, but a quarter of the population. So Cologne has about a million people and there's going to be over 250,000. Upwards of probably a 300,000 because I think last year was small. You know, it was kind of like a warm up after the the pandemic years where they didn't have one and it got to about 260. So we're going to see a lot of people and there's no way you could effectively get those people through. But that being said, there is something cool that will be on display that has to deal with the show and that or not the show, but that has to deal with Starfield. And that is this Bethesda bus. And so for those of you that are listening that can't see, Bethesda has, it's not a bus so much as it is a a truck or a lorry, for those of you that are in Europe, right? It is a kind of a rig, and it has a trailer attached to it. And on this trailer, there's kind of like a pullout patio that's covered. And it looks like it has windows around it, which will, you know, help protect people from the elements. And so I don't know if this is this theater where they're going to have people in and show them a presentation. It looks a little small for that, but it is a pretty cool little, you know, 
truck and trailer combo if they were to just like have maybe monitors running in there showing off different parts of the game, have people walk through, maybe have some Starfield paraphernalia labeled around. And so this truck is and the trailer are white. They have the Constellation logos on the side and they have the Starfield colored stripes running along this each sides on the lower, you know, we want to say third, but it's actually right above the ground effects, right? But the step, the step ladder, not step ladder, but the, uh, the step that's on the side of the truck. Regardless, that's what it looks like. And it has, uh, four flags coming up from it. One of them says Bethesda and the two of them aren't really too legible to me. I believe two of them are actually in Deutsch, um, and have, you know, German words on them. In addition to that, we actually got some recent news today about an Xbox Series X console wraps. And these things actually look pretty amazing. Sorry, I don't have a super producer, so I got to do all these scene changes myself. It's going to give me take me a second. Oh, all right. Let's get that screen up. All right. So this is the wrap. And basically... It's hard to explain the material that it's made out of. It's kind of like a heavy cloth that has some solid panels inside of it, which I've seen things like this used as screen protectors for like iPads. So these will actually wrap around each side of your Xbox Series X and then kind of Velcro, it appears, in place and back. And there are three of them that are coming out. Two of them are camouflage pattern and one is specific for the starfield these are made with solid panels and an engineered fabric on uh, each xbox console wrap as a precision fit and finish for your xbox series x and you can see that there's a opening around where the xbox power buttons at where there is the disc and where there is the um sync button and then along the back there's also openings for the back, it actually is just open. So they don't show you really a good picture of that, but it's open, so it's not blocking any vent. So for the front and the sides, you'll get a nice wrap on the back. It encloses as much as possible without blocking any of the airways. And for those of you that are watching, we'll zoom in on this one, and you can see and probably hear my dogs barking in the background. So as you look over here, you can see it says secure closure here. And on the far right, it says for all into the star field and a gold constellation logo and so that's the back portion where it just velcros so it's not blocking any of that it's not blocking any of that airflow on the front it says eject next to the disc it says insert media next to it as well and then down on the bottom right it says usb and yeah oh okay so for the sync button it says bind i was having a hard time reading that i'm like what is that trying to say it says bind and then on the bottom on the two sides it says intake below keep clear and it has a red and white caution logo on the back side it shows a copper vapor chamber which is in gray lettering and lining it says fan heat sink the aluminum fin pack and on the front it shows fan 130 millimeter whisper quiet cooling two power a 315 watt internal power supply and three discs 4K ultra high def optical disk drive. So it effectively kind of tells you what is in your Xbox Series X uh, in the Starfield markings. And then around the power, it has the constellation color scheme stripe of the blue, yellow, orange, and red. 
So it's really good. I actually have one pre-ordered. These are not out in time for release, though, which seems like a missed opportunity. However, you know, I guess it's better that we get them at all than to not get them. But it, it seems that if these were coming out around the same time as the release of the game, that they probably would have moved more units and that they, uh, yeah, would have been able to <laughs> would have been able to build on the hype. So I don't know. I can't imagine that they wanted this to happen in October. They were like, oh yeah, we'll let a we'll let it cool down a little bit and then build that hype right back up with these wraps. But I guess they pivoted away potentially from making a special edition console. Maybe this is a half measure. I don't know. Maybe I maybe they felt like they there wasn't demand for a special edition console and then they saw all the backlash on social media that there wasn't gonna be one. And they're like, what do we do? How do we, you know, what's a quick way to get these into production? And, and then it's like, we still can't get them in time for the game. Something supply chain happened or something planning happened. But obviously this isn't optimal. But anyways, it's it's good. It's only $50. So you're not paying $550 if you were going to get a special edition console. Uh, the wraps, the other ones, the camouflage wraps, the mineral camo, which matches one of the special edition controllers, as well as the Arctic camo, again, which matches the Arctic camo special edition controller. These are only $44.99, so they're $5 cheaper than the Starfield one. And those don't come out, to, I think, even later. So the Starfield one hits in October, and the mineral camo and the Arctic camo don't actually come out until November 10th. So... And the Starfield is available October 18th. So again, super cool looking. A little far away though. So it is what it is. Right? No sense crying over spilled milk, as they say. All right. We got the wraps. I did buy one. So expect a video on that when that comes out. Speaking of videos, I did put a video out on my Rob Unwraps channel today of the best looking Xbox controller yet. I got a Mega Mods custom controller. I know it's not Starfield related, but hey, it's a great looking controller. Might as well go check it out when you have time. But anyways, at the beginning, I mentioned, right, that uh, there was a convergence of a good news story and like a real news story, not necessarily a good news story, but a real news story and it lined up well with a fake news story. All right. And so the fake news story was from one of the sites that I love to hate on and it's the gaming Bible. For those of you that are wondering, it's the gaming Bible. I can't stand it. It makes me mad every time I open up one of their articles. But anyways, Starfield's first negative review savagely shut down by Bethesda boss. So first off the, um, the tweet that they're talking about, and most of these are gone. So they're referring to Pete Hines as the boss. And there was, uh, I don't know what to call this guy because I don't really want to call him out by name because this gentleman has been in the games industry for a very long time. He was pretty prolific at one point. Here, let me, I can, all right. So the gain on my mic there kept reddening out. So I just want to make sure that it's not clipping too bad. All right. So there's a gentleman, and we'll call this guy M, right? So M was a developer. He was involved in StarCraft. He was involved in World of Warcraft. He was involved with Diablo, right? So he's pretty well respected at one point in his career, involved with some pretty high-profile games, and was a manager 
on the original World of Warcraft. So he didn't just, you know, the guy has credibility or had credibility at that point. And what he did eventually is he founded another studio. And I had the opportunity at one point, and this was probably back in 2013, 2014, I interviewed him for a game he was developing. And that game was Firefall. So from that, you can probably deduce who this guy is, but I'm not going to say his name because I really don't want to draw more attention to him other than to talk about what he's doing. And this guy was developing a game that was effectively failing and then decided to, and he's a lawyer too. I mean, so a very educated guy, very intelligent person, uh, was very good at what he did, uh, but then was starting to fail and was beginning to lose relevance. He was no longer relevant and used an opportunity at a point in time to try and make a name for himself, but did it by uh, aligning himself with people you wouldn't be aligned with. So when Gamergate happened, he firmly threw himself in with uh, the anti-feminist. you know, feminists. He, he, he totally became a misogynist, like overnight, to the point where it's like you knew this guy didn't mean half the crap he said. He just said it to get a reaction. Uh, and he felt that notoriety was better than being irrelevant. So he just was like, I'll be notorious. I'd rather have people, you know, talk about me than just go away into the night, right? He was raging against that. Well, he, I, I had largely forgot about this guy until he resurfaced again on my social media timeline the other night. And it was because he decided to make claims about the Starfield start screen, right? So this kind of blew up over social media on the weekend. This dude took the leaked star, the Starfield start screen, which I'm not going to show because it's a, apparently a legitimate leak or maybe not. Regardless, it's a leak. I'm not going to show it, but you can easily find it. Just open Twitter. I'm sure someone's talking about it. And he's like, you can tell a lot about the development team and the effort they put into the game based upon the start screen and was basically saying that Starfield was going to suck because of the lack of effort that, you know, Bethesda Game Studios put into the start screen, which was just total bullshit. And then people started like calling him on it and taking him to task. And at one point he said, well, you can judge a book by his cover. And then I actually saw him tell somebody else that you can't judge a book by a cover. And it's like, wait a minute, dude, you just literally said that in another tweet to someone else that you actually can do that. And, And so he starts arguing it each way. And it's just so clear to anyone that's watching that the guy doesn't even believe half the shit he says. He just says it because it gets a reaction. And then other people start talking about it, like I am, but again, still not naming the guy, so not point attention to him. But I guess my my thesis of this whole argument is when you see this stuff, just ignore these fuckers. Just don't give them the attention they want. Because what happens is then, right, you get people like this. You get Ubisoft, who's like, so anyway, what's your favorite game start screen? And this is what the guy wants. So now you have big AAA publishers referencing a controversy that this guy tried to start out of nothing, nothing. And so you'll see me on there like, please don't give this guy more visibility and legitimacy to that troll. Stop. And there's all kinds of other people that have, you know, replied back to him and are like the worst is like quoted him. Because then you are now using your platform 
to amplify him. And the guy is just awful. <laughs> He's just terrible. He's just doing it to get a rise and to put himself back in the public spotlight. Cause I'm sure, you know, he just feels terrible if he's not the center of attention. So the guy has close to a hundred thousand followers at this point on Twitch or not on Twitch on Twitter or X or whatever they want to call themselves. So he would probably get along very well with, uh, you know, the owners of the platform and he was one of actually, I think, the first to probably get monetized for the, the garbage hot takes he has. So please, if you see stuff like that, just ignore it. Don't quote tweet these people. You're just doing what they want you to do. You're just feeding into them. Uh, and so I'm hopefully that uh, anyways, getting back to this uh, garbage article. And now I think I might have just flashed his name. Getting back to this garbage article, right? They said the boss, uh, Pete Hines. Pete Hines is not the boss. He is he is up there, but he's not the boss. Uh, and he basically took this dude to task. But what I have to say to Pete, too, not that he's listening or cares, but you know, in this situation, you just got to like ignore this guy because you're legitimizing him by arguing with him on social media. And now he's gone and deleted some of these tweets and posted up another tweet about how he's taking like the high road. So now this dude's trying to proclaim moral advantage over you on social media because you went after him and quote, call them a dev and just, it's never going to end well because these people drag you down to their level, you know, get in a fight with you and then beat you with experience because they know how to just, you know, win at a muckraking contest because they're just garbage garbage individuals is what they do. So anyways, if you see people like that, just block them, ignore them, move on. And that is my only rant and the only tension I will ever give that guy. So we have less than 10 days to go. What are some of the things that you are most looking forward to in either the lead up or the early access period? Yes. Yes, Captain. That is who I'm talking about. Uh, and like I said, I had the opportunity to interview that individual. And for those of you who listen, uh, Captain Katrina says, I know who you're talking about. You're talking about that dude who fancies himself a dev, but yet has a track record of shady behavior and losing a company of millions of dollars. And yes. So not only did um, they lose the company money, they got, they were the CEO and they were forced out by the board of directors. So they did get fired effectively. Uh, they were on a TV show. They were on West Coast Customs and it was a really cool thing they were having made but it was a complete misappropriate or not a misappropriation but a misallocation of funds i mean three million dollars for a bus i i mean i guess if you really thought that that was going to take off and you had the deep pockets investors that maybe because like i mean if world of warcraft or something like that had it or league or something some big title had a bus like that that'd be a pretty cool thing but not for that game that game wasn't going to be ever that big. Um, but yeah, I, I had the, you know, I interviewed him. I've talked to him a couple of times before. I generally don't think he believes the shit he says. I really just think he says it to get a reaction out of people. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to get those reactions and just stay in the public discourse. Imagine Nintendo trying to make Breath of the Wild, but diverting three quarters of the funds to build a Breath of the Wild cruise ship instead. The concept alone boggles the mind. Yes, it does, Captain. I, I however, 
uh, would actually be very interested in a Breath of the Wild cruise ship. <laughs> I might actually go on that cruise. But yes, no, I if Nintendo just said, hey, we're going to make we're going to take all these funds for a, a game and make a cruise ship. That'd be a pretty bad call. But it did make for a good episode of television because I actually saw that episode on TV and I was like, I know what that is. That's pretty cool. And watched them make it. And I was like, I don't know how that they're ever going to. And be like, oh, I've talked to all those people before. I know those guys. Interesting story. One of the, during one of the interviews, one of the producers just kept like talking about these red beans, which was the way they were going to do microtransactions. Cause they were one of the first to really, I think, kind of hop on the microtransactions outside of being like a MOBA. And they were like, yeah, we're going to have these red beans. It's going to be our currency. And you're going to purchase these red beans. And then he started talking like Brussels sprouts. He's like, you like Brussels sprouts? We're going to have Brussels sprouts. And he's like, this is going to be a little Brussels sprouts. This is going to be Brussels The dude would not stop saying Brussels sprouts. And I was like, what are you talking about, guy? Just stop saying Brussels sprouts, please. Boozy. Or, uh, Chris says, I can definitely say avoiding spoilers for Starfield has been the hardest task I've had to deal with so far. It is. It is. And I have not been, I have not been so diligent. I definitely have inundated myself with the spoilers. I'm very aware of the spoilers. While I said I don't necessarily have a key, I do know a lot of people who do have keys. And I've been like, hey, what can you tell me? And they're like, we're not going to tell you anything. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But yes. So that, you know, this is a great other social media thing that you bring up, Captain. It's getting even harder to avoid spoilers, especially with Twitter saying bye, bye to blocking. That is a great, you know, a great example of one of the reasons why we might want to block people on social media. However, I would I would argue that potentially you could still mute them. I mean, you can I know you used to be able to do this. You can mute keywords. Uh, I know that it didn't always happen <laughs> and work because I used to mute Trump and I, he would still pop up in my timeline. I just didn't want to hear about him anymore. So it would pop up. But yeah, so definitely if blocking doesn't work, maybe try muting. But yeah, you bring up a good point that I think it's either more for the reaching ramifications than that. But, you know, for our niche, blocking things is important. And uh, yeah, the platform of choice by a lot of us is Twitter. And so it's a shame to see that potentially go away. Rob, what are your thoughts on the possibility of microtransactions in Starfield? Well, what do you um, define a microtransaction as? Because for me, I look at it as like, any kind of content you can kind of just buy within the game itself. So that could be anything from a skin all the way up to like an expansion. And I, so I don't like it when it comes to a full price game, like, but it's Pandora's box. This box has already been open. We're not going to put, you know, the genies or the sins back in. And the argument is, you know, they're trying to make more money, but I personally think that these rewards should be based on play. So if there's a cosmetic in the game, I think I should be able to earn it by playing the game. I don't think I should have to pay extra money for it. I think I'm starting to fall into the minority on that. Like I can definitely find people that agree with me, but I used to make that argument in some of the the Diablo videos. And I was amazed at the amount of backlash I would get from people. They're like, no, no, no. They're more than you know, it's more than legitimate for them to continue to create these skins and sell them to you. Whereas I used to always think that, you know, I thought that some of the cosmetics, those were the more, those were the more special rewards and like badges of honor. And by being able to purchase those, it cheapened them. So that's my honest thoughts on it. Yeah. No Ubisoft time savers. So (laughs) 
I have a little bit of a different take on that. If it's a single player game and you want to purchase something to like help you get around, like to make something easier, I don't really concern myself with that. I also think that, uh, you know, developers should be striving to be making games more accessible. Uh, I know that there's an argument to be made for games like Dark Souls and Elden Ring that, you know, those games, a lot of it is about being very difficult encounters. That said, I mean, I think that those have some spectacular bosses and some story arcs. And I really wish that people that didn't necessarily have the capabilities of being able to beat Melania on their own could do that. Or at least like make multiplayer not so obtuse that people could easily group up to to kill those. But So Chris is saying, I'm speculating here, but I think the possibility of underwater environments will be in the game. I'm not so sure about that. Uh, I know. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I would have said no before recently. I don't know that I saw anything in particular that would be embargoed that would lead me to think maybe that they can now. But had you said like a month ago that we were going to be able to do underwater stuff. I'd be like, no, I don't think so because they don't have the ability to fish. And I know that that doesn't directly tie in to being able to go underwater. But for some reason, I would just think if they, if they didn't create the capability for you to go fishing, maybe they're just not looking at going underwater. Even though, you know, a lot of us know that there's a ton, if not more life underwater than there is the surface of our planet. I don't know. I think it's a good speculation. I, I'm starting to think that there's going to be some kind of potential for that, but I, I would have said no up until you just asked that question. Captain says, my stance comes from having participated in the Skull and Bones technical test. I'm still under NDA, but let me just say, wow, that was bad. I also uh, have played Skull and Bones. And yeah, that game has been in development for so long and it is still not ready. But I did play another Ubisoft game that... uh, it's also under NDA. I guess the fact that I was in it, that I played it, wasn't under NDA. So Division Heartland, keep your eye out for that one because that one was fun. Different style of game, but still an Ubi game. So what's everybody's first ship going to be? Any crazy names? Any crazy ideas? I haven't really thought of any crazy ideas yet. Oh, that reminds me. Speaking of crazy ships, I did have one to show off. Four. Here we go. So social media, by the way, is not all bad because in addition to getting crazies on social media, running their mouth, saying things that they don't know anything about just to get notoriety, we also get people that create wonderful things like this. So shout out to the Constellation crew for bringing my attention to this. And the credits go to Quirkly Berg and Spanish Starfield. Somebody created replica of the Millennium Falcon. Now, granted, this doesn't look exactly like the Millennium Falcon. And if you see right here, there's a Han and Chewie. So this is this is obviously a fake, right? Just so anybody's like, oh, they made it. No, this is a fake. It's a very it's a very good fake, but it is a fake, but it looks amazing. And the Han and Chewie touch under there is just awesome. So Reactor 23, Crew of 2, Jump 37LY, I'm assuming it's light years, Shields 45, and Laser 6. Its value is 19,054. That doesn't seem like a lot. The mass is 404. And then we got laser engineering show gravity. And so, yeah, the Millennium Falcon, ship one. They, <laughs> the person has a negative 
8,930 credits. It would have been funny if they had something to maybe tie that to the actual cost of what the Han paid for the Millennium Falcon, which we know he won from Lando in a card game, but however much uh, that value was. Uh, yes, cryptic, they are. These are indeed the Starfield headset from... Um, Chris says, Bethesda not showing neon as much as the other cities is confirming my speculation. Plus, Todd Howard dancing around the fishing question sounded interesting. Do you think he danced around it? I thought he basically just said, no, you can't do it. But that's funny that you said you thought he was dancing, though. It is. Isn't it the fish and neon where they get the drug? I mean, I could I could be wrong, but I'm thinking that's what it is. Captain, I'm a huge Starship Troopers fan, so probably going to make if I can, of course, the Starship Troopers inspired one to call it the Roger Young. You know, it wouldn't be a episode of Starfield Pulse if I didn't bring up Starship Troopers lately. But that is an excellent book by Robert Heinlein. I hope that you've read it. If you have not, it is much better than the movies could ever hope to be. It does a great job of kind of talking about citizenship and what it means to be a citizen and how we obtain citizenship through service. And I think there's a very, there's a parallel to that that we see in the timeline of Constellation. Uh, so yeah, and it's a quick read too. It's not a very thick book. Uh, so you could probably read it in like a day, depending on how quick you read it. It's not very much. You could chew through it. Chris, heavy cargo ship, best defense crew, black, pinkish, burgundy, the HCS hippopotamus. The hippopotamus was designed specifically for the most dangerous trade routes, being heavily shielded and unquestionably impenetrable. And let me tell you, don't just think that hippos are high in defense. Hippos are high in offense too. Like they're, they, they can outswim you. They're faster than you and they can outrun you. They can run over like 30 miles an hour, I think on land. Hippos are no joke. People look at them like, oh, look at that big fat hippo. Hippo will mess you up, buddy. Just ask the poor Nicaraguans that had to do with the uh, the cocaine hippos down in South America from Pablo Escobar. But yeah, the, the hippo, that's a great idea. And uh, Hayes the King, I want to try and make a traditional flying saucer. Also excellent. Couldn't agree with you more. Traditional flying saucer. I, I'm very much looking forward to getting into the ship designer and just making crazy stuff and I really hope, and this is not my, an original idea. This is an idea I saw from somebody else in my Discord. And when I say my Discord, not my Discord, uh, the Starfield Beyond Discord, which I'm a mod in, similar to like Forza Horizon 5, where you can make paint jobs. So if you could kind of like make a skin job for somebody else and let them kind of maybe get that blueprint and build a ship and not necessarily something that's like a part of the creation kit or anything where it's like a, a mod, so much as a mod, but Maybe it ends up being that. I don't know. But just would be funny to swap blueprints around that are pretty low effort, you know, as far as technical skills, just you being able to build with their editor and then sharing that and you not necessarily have to have any more, you know, modding skills outside of that. And then Chris said as fast as battleship, best speed crew color, glossy sky, blue, silver, the ISS Barracuda. The Barracuda is designed specifically for galactic demolition, outmaneuvering bigger spaceships and taking no prisoners and eating hot dogs. I have a funny story about a Barracuda. I went on a trip to the Bahamas last October, and the captain of the ship, where we were going to see these different smaller barrier islands in the Bahamas, we got off on this little beach, and this this ship crew would feed uh, the Stingrays and the Barracuda hot dogs. So the Stingrays and the Barracudas knew what time the ship were going to show up, and the ship would show up and then the sh those fish would show up and the crew would eat them. So, 
yeah, just had this like giant barracuda not far from us. Uh, they're actually skinnier than what I thought they would be, but it had no interest in us. It just wanted to eat hot dogs. We were safe. Michael Ironside is a great character actor. I enjoyed him in that as well. I didn't necessarily mean to disparage Starship Troopers, the movie. I was just trying to hold in higher esteem the book because they're so divergent from each other. And the book is great. And the movie's good, but the book is, it's one of those, like, not always, oh, the movie can never be as good as the book because there's the Green Mile and there's some other movies that are based on books that are just fantastic. Shawshank Redemption. Notice the tread there, Stephen King movies. He's got some terrible movies based on his books too, though. But yes, Starship Trooper, fantastic book. Data Stream 101, welcome to the chat. Thanks for saying hello. I love all the Starfield emojis. 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 There we go. Athen Katrina, you think a hippo's higher jaw pressure than a gator? You know what? I don't want to try it and find out. So I'll just say I agree with you. I don't want to get bit by any of them. <laughs> so let's not let that happen. The movie is too classic to disparage. I don't know, guys. I don't know that Starship Troopers is too classic to disparage. But I won't for you. I'll, I'll stop. I was trying to think of the name of Charlie Sheen's ex, Denise Richards. I couldn't think of her name. She's in that. And then Gary Busey's son is in it. And it was Casper Van Diem. And then uh, Doc, or, uh, Doogie Howser's in it. Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. Starship Troopers as a media would have been better off as a TV series, maybe. I think they ended up making multiple movies, too, like uh, like two or three sequels, some goofy stuff. Uh, so you're probably right. Maybe a miniseries, but I don't know. With Sam Coe's daughter being revealed in Starfield, do you think we'll be able to adopt kids in the game like in Skyrim? That's a great question that I never really you know, gave a whole lot of thought to. Pirating hot dogs. Potentially. So we know that there's going to be a relationship with the player characters and their parents if they choose like, you know, the mama's boy or whatever. So maybe, maybe not right away, but maybe there's a chance that you could branch out and have a family at a certain point. Uh, that's a really, that's a really good question. And one that I would ask the devs if I had access to them. Maybe I'll ask that question tomorrow to some people that I know <laughs> that have the game. If there's any idea, any way for us to have a family <laughs> chooses family trait, sells parents for ham sandwiches. I, one of the first things I'm going to do is, uh, get the devoted fan and this will be on a throwaway save. Just get that and then see what happens when you get rid of the, the adoring fan, whether it's good or bad. Um, I also actually have, I have, a, here's a couple of ideas of videos that I want to work on. Uh, as soon as I get access to the game, I want to spin up, you know, my first, first file go into the game get a baseline to see what the world i shouldn't say the world but what my galaxy's like see a couple of the first early planets that are supposed to be procedurally generated and then start another save and then compare those two just to see uh, how those planets compare so that's one of the things i want to dive into i hope he keeps responding just to horrify people who kill him i really that would be weird but hey this is the future. Uh, there are aliens. There are alien things. We don't know that there are currently existing at that point in time aliens that are human-like. Find a Clone Wars lab and it's just all adoring fans. So Captain is turning this little uh, this trait into a nightmare. Oh, instead of just a one-time 
freak you out to a all the time you can't get rid of me. <laughs> Didn't Carmen cause the asteroid to veer off course to cause it to hit Earth? Healer. I love that theory and I believe it. I guess it's lore. Healer said so. It's lore. All right, Healer, it's time to put you on the spot. What's your first ship going to be? So I've told people what mine's going to be. It's going to be um, the Lewis and Clark. That'll be the name of my first ship. And that's after Event Horizon, which is one of my favorite uh, sci-fi horror movies. The SSSS. So Healer coming from the top ropes with the troll names or troll names for his ship, the SSSS. Is it going to be the USSSS? The HMSSSS? And for those of you that are listening and not watching, it's S S E S S E S S. Yeah. So Lewis and Clark, um, it's, I'm trying to think of their first names. One of them is Meriwether. Uh, I can't remember the other ones, but yes, Lewis and Clark. Uh, I actually live about a mile, not even a half mile from their trail. It's called going through Missouri. It's called the Katy trail. It's a K A T Y. I mean, just dox myself a little bit. I live in Missouri. Surprise, surprise. Right. So, yes, I'm very familiar with the actual people of Lewis and Clark. I go cycling on their the route they took along the Missouri River quite frequently. But yes, and they had Pocahontas as a guide. But yeah, Lewis and Clark is a reference to them, but I'm not using them. My reference is to the reference. So I guess I'm <laughs> I'm not as cool. Chris says that would be hilarious if he just pop back up out of nowhere and gives you the bullet you shot him with. Like, hey, you almost got rid of me. Good. That was a warning, my lucky space. Good thing I was wearing my lucky spacesuit. And then Healer says, Event Horizon is such a great movie. Yes. Yes, it is. All right. I'm going to do my sign off for the podcast, but we'll keep chatting since I so I think we've done everything for the podcast that I had on my run of show. Give me one second. Oh, the last thing I normally do. And we'll go back through. What is everybody playing to help pass the time while they're waiting for Starfield to release? Actually, I'm on Baldur's Gate 3, though I didn't really do a lot of gaming this past week. Over the weekend, I went to an amusement park with my kids and then spent a lot of time in the pool because it's so hot here in the Midwest US right now. It's just sweltering. Uh, maybe we are legitimately living through what's going to start our environmental disaster that leads to uh, Starfield. I did, however, get a chance to play a few matches of Mortal Kombat 1 on their uh, pre-order beta, and the game looks fantastic. I also got my ass handed to me by the one random match person I played with. Uh, that didn't go well, and just reminded me I am not good at fighting games. I did, however, uh, yeah, so that's our show for this week. Stick around after this portion on Twitch, and I'll be uh, playing. Maybe we'll just continue chatting. I was thinking we're going to play some Baldur's Gate 3, but this is actually more engaging at the moment. Uh, and so don't forget that if you enjoy the show to make sure to leave a like comment and leave a review like Dono Rue Xbox One did on the Apple podcast. He said, great solo host podcast. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it's hard just being the only one sitting here talking. But uh, with the engaging chat we had this evening, it actually made it so much easier. So thanks for everybody that tuned in. And I appreciate you watching.